Amen. Pastor Whitney, we have our next guest. We're about ready to welcome him into this uh, gathering together. Uh, Before we bring him in, just let people know where they can go to find your materials. Oh, thank you, Pastor Steve. Go to theamericanview.com, all one word, theamericanview.com, and uh, also my church website, if you want to hear sermons that talk about these issues, relate the issues of the day uh, to the what the Scripture says about these issues, go to our church website, cefcmd.org. That's cefcmd.org. And Pastor Whitney, I thought you would be sticking around. We'd love to hear your commentary sure. on this topic. Uh, you're very well versed on this, and I know that you would love to see this movement grow. And that is the movement of parents taking back control of their children's education. With that, we welcome John Ryan Miller. John, good evening. How are you? All right. Hold on one second. Yeah, he's... uh, You can tell there's trouble tonight, folks. We got some weather issues interfering. We have weather. Uh, John, we hear you now. Okay, I'm on my phone instead of my laptop. Okay, very good. You're uh, you're live now on the air with us. Welcome to the Face of the Culture, brother. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Thank you so much for uh, providing me this opportunity. I hope you've had a chance to kind of review what I've been admired in for the past while. Yeah, John, we uh, we started with a little bit of information. We know this has grown a lot. And uh, for our listeners, to bring them into the middle of this conversation, uh, John Ryan Miller is from Kimberton, Pennsylvania, Sleepy Town in way southeastern Pennsylvania, not far from the uh, Maryland border. Um, he he uh, uh, is a plaintiff, and Octorara is the name of the township. And um, he had the audacity to stand up to the school board and ask questions, which is against the law, if you didn't know that. I'm only being facetious, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, John... Why don't I turn it over to you and uh, tell us how this got started and what has happened to you? Sure. Um, let me turn my audio down. Sure. What happened was I was invited by a number of parents. Hold on a minute, John. We've got, uh, you're on in two places, John. If you can cancel one of your connections. Let me exit the other one. Okay. Did you get rid of the echo? Yep. Yes. Okay, you sound I right. apologize for that. No problem. So I was asked by a number of parents uh, during the COVID period to help advocate for their children inside of a small local public school district. And I had conversations with these parents and they said, well, I, I don't have a, a child in your school. And advocacy can be very a very dangerous proposition and it requires a tremendous amount of forethought and preparation because public officials don't like or respect informed citizens who know the law, know the Constitution, know Supreme Court precedent, and they kind of react. And you've heard the term called Christian nationalists, and they kind of put you in a corner and are going to attack you. So I had let them know in order for me to advocate for them that it was going to take me three to four months to prepare to make sure that I can come in and do it safely to advocate on their behalf. And that required a tremendous amount of emails and letters and certified letters and right to know law requests and things of that nature, just to be respectful, professional, honorable, and law abiding to inform public servants in advance that I just really want to stand before my elected officials and honor them 
and redress them and bring them solutions on how to better partner with the community. And when I went to this school district, they have this policy 903, which is throughout the Commonwealth, which the policy requires citizens to provide their name and their municipality as a condition to exercise their First Amendment right of free speech. And I am a, I'm a citizen and my rights come by God. They're unalienable from my creator and our country has established rules and conditions and permissions to restrict my particular rights. So I said, I did not sign a contract to your policies. Your policies are for employees. Policies are for administrations and school boards, but I never signed a contract for policy. I live under divine law and I just want to speak to you. And then he said, well, you can't speak unless you state your name and your municipality. And I respectfully said, I'm going to do so under duress, and I'm going to let you know that my next time I come to converse with you, I'm not going to do so under duress, and I'm going to furnish you with a notice. It's called a color of law violation, that you do not have the authority to deprive me of my constitutional rights in violation of your oath, and I'm warning you, because that would be a violation of 42 U.S.C. 1983, and if all of the board chose to conspire in that effort, they would all be participating in a conspiracy to deprive me of my rights. And that would be 18 U.S.C. 241 and 242. Now, to your audience and to many people, I feel like I'm reciting Greek scripture, <laughs> but these are the laws that are written for us. And there's two courts in this country. There's an Article I court, which many people are very familiar with. That's your traffic court, your municipal court, your court of common pleas, your criminal court. But the Constitution has set aside a separate court for we, the people, and that's called an Article Three court. Now, we actually are the fourth branch of the government. You have the judicial, you have the executive, you have the legislative. You may have heard of the fourth estate. Well, that's the media, but the actual fourth branch of government is we, the people. And it's our duty and our obligation to hold our public servants accountable. And I don't want your audience to feel that I'm offering judgment, but we've been rather apathetic in our duty to hold our public officials accountable. And the only way that I have learned to hold a public official accountable to their oath is when they are named in their private person capacity in an Article Three court as defendant. And what the oath was meant to be a pledge from our public servants in fear and trembling of their decisions under the wrath and judgment of God has now been transitioned into a mere memorial, a token. So I had warned the board several times, more than 10 times to honor their oath, or I was going to, their choice was if they were going to violate my oath, I was going to take them to federal court. And they chose to ignore it. The emails come, came back saying, I ignore your caution, I ignore your warning, do what you're gonna do. So they chose to go to federal court. I've had over 300 documents filed in the federal court. The federal judge, Judge Marston, has ruled that these defendants are acting in their private person capacity. They are not provided qualified immunity or absolute or total immunity protection, that they have acted 
in their private person capacity. So just on Friday, I submitted two very powerful documents to, to the court, amended the complaint and the supplemental complaint, which brings all of the actions that the board has perpetrated against me, against Mr. Anthony Fazzatore, his wife, Melissa. The ex I'm not saying that these individuals did this, but Anthony and I have been direct recipients of extortion, blackmail, threats, slander, defamation, libel, which is now in the court's hands for them to see hmm. the retaliation that happens against private citizens. Anthony Fauditore, who is a dear friend of mine who sits on the Octorero School Board, he was attacked. He is a law enforcement officer. He's been receiving extortion letters at his place of employment. Even his chief of police have received it. And it's just gotten out of control. And unfortunately, acting in the capacity, I don't know if you know Matt Trawalla and the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. I'm walking the Doctrine of Lesser Magistrate. I'm walking in God's honor, in truth, in full accountability, transparency. And I, I open myself up to rebuke and correction, to be steered along this path to how to advocate for those young children that are being indoctrinated with an ideology of wickedness. It's absolute spiritual warfare wickedness. And I'm trying to model for other parents how to stand free. So I am the singular plaintiff in this fight. I would have loved for other parents to, to join me, but honestly, this journey is requires a tremendous amount of knowledge, courage, and study. And I would be dropping Supreme Court precedent that would make your toes curl because we've never been taught this. So I've gone through education and teaching people how to be free. So I hope that's a good overview for you. Ryan, that is excellent. And uh, you're, you've covered so much ground there. I couldn't help but think as you were sharing, uh, you wanted to honor them. Oh, they'll be fine with that. But the moment you say I live under divine law, uh-oh, you've done something bad. Now you're saying that you're answering to a higher authority except them. Uh, and uh, you're going to do things under duress, but it's not, you're acknowledging it's not correct what they're asking you to do, and they, they cannot tolerate this. And then you're bringing correct, it sounds to me, and Pastor Whitney can, can uh, contribute here with his knowledge, you're doing this correctly, you're doing this by the law, you're doing it, it's written right here, you're showing them what you're doing, and so what do they have left? They have to threaten you. And this says to me that you're right on course, you're doing the right thing, and they're afraid, they're afraid of you. They're afraid of what you're doing, that it's going to really damage them and what they want to do. So I, I commend you highly for what you're doing, sir. Pastor Whitney, your thoughts? Oh, amen, Ryan. Congratulations. Uh, you're being attacked because you're over the target. <laughs> As you always say Absolutely. that, you know, you get flack when you're over the target. And, and, and these people... Uh, recognize the threat that you present to them personally. And this is important that, uh, that uh, public officials be held accountable personally, because otherwise they try to hide behind if, if their county has an insurance policy and so forth that, you know, the insurance companies all, all ultimately going to pay. But if they have to pay personally for the damage that they've caused you, that's going to make them tremble. And that's why you're getting the threatening letters you are and the, and the harassment uh, that you're receiving. So, but congratulations you actually are, are right over the target. Thank you so much. And if there was a, a recent article put up by Chris Hume at the Lancaster Patriot, and in there is a video of me being encountered by state troopers 
who were acting in their private person capacity. And you will see, if you see that video, you will see how I was walking in God's honor. And in my interpretation of Romans 13, I understand how God ordained the authority, but my understanding of what Paul was saying is that when the authority is acting with respect to protect the community from the actions of evildoers. Now, when the government is the evildoers themselves, I am called by God to be obedient and tell them you're acting unlawfully. You're an evildoer, stop perpetrating evil. Now, I will not resist your evil acts against me. I will not strike you. I will not aggress against you. I'm acknowledging that you have weapons that you can kill me. And what I did is I submitted, I turned around, I put my hands behind my back, and I said, I submit to your unlawful arrest. <laughs> so they didn't arrest me. I took the upper hand and I said, I'm, I'm not going to resist you. You're going to aggress against me unlawfully and I will submit to your unlawful aggression. And they're not used to that. And I'm going to honor my king. I'm not going to bend my neck. Now, there's, I want to make one other point, and this is a, a problem that I have within the House of Faith in the, the small C Catholic Church, is that we live in fear. And God has promised us that if we are living in according to his precepts, we will be persecuted. And I have been persecuted, and I take that as the riches in which I'm storing up in heaven that my flesh doesn't matter, that I will stand and you can cut me, you can stab me, you do whatever. I'll be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, and I'll be protected by the Spirit and not feel it. I just need to do it honorably and honor my king. So I wanted to put that in there as well. Hmm. I am curious, Ryan, how are uh, those in the community responding to what you're doing are people listening and trying to grasp what you're saying? Because most people, including myself, do not begin to have the knowledge of the Constitution and uh, also what Pastor Whitney has as well. So what kind of re response are you getting? Um, we live in a fallen world. Hmm. And being courageous is a hard thing to do. And it's an interruption to the comfort that we live among. So I am going to be mostly attacked and judged and ridiculed and slandered. I, I'm going to I'm going to receive all the vile that the earth has to deliver, and the percentage of the population that's going to spend any time is point zero 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 one percent. And my message is detestable to this world. The gospel message is detestable. I have extended grace every single time and these people on the board that claim christ are not acting to receive the grace which i extend unmerited favor i don't deserve to give you grace from my fleshly standpoint but god says give it to them give them the ability to repent now so that the world does not i today was a day filled with attacks and I had friends trying to run interference. I'm like, no, you're not going to stop the social media sickness that's out there. They have to attack me. Why? Because they can't confront themselves in what they're not willing to do in this type of fight. 
it's easier to blame and judge me than it is to look at themselves and say, you know what, there's something else I could be doing. I could be reading about his story. I could be reading his case files. Well, I think people would rather turn tune into an episode of Tombstone or something than, than to get involved in this. You know, those officials on the board who have sworn an oath, they've sworn an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution and the Pennsylvania Constitution, I believe, uh, they ought to be reminded that the one who holds their oath is Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes 5 warns us very, very seriously, do not make a vow to God that you do not intend to pay. And if you do make a vow that you do not pay, God sends his messenger to make a record of that violation of your oath, and God will destroy the work of your hands. So Ecclesiastes 5 would be a good passage of scripture. I don't know how to get the message to those officials, but they need to be reminded they're headed for judgment day. And they may come uh, to be shocked and surprised that when they come to judgment day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do X, Y, and Z in your name? And he'll, they'll hear the, the most hard words that can be uttered. Depart from me. I never knew you, you who, who practice lawlessness. I've, I've quoted, quoted Solomon. I've quoted David. I've quoted Isaiah. And um, the scripture falls on the ears of those who claim something which I don't see the evidence to their proclamation. Hmm. And that's not up for me to judge their salvation. It's not. But I am there to proclaim Christ and give them the opportunity to receive the redemptive gift that he provides, even if they may have falsely claimed it before. So I am not judging the actions of the board members. I am merely bringing them before man's justice system and allow man's justice system to determine the outcome of the actions of those that claim the oath, God is going to sort them out. And I trust God has an answer for these people. And I pray it's to convict them with the Holy Spirit that they repent. And all the people that follow me are praying for their repentance. Mm -hmm. But we are not, we do not restrain, man, restrain man's free will. I'm not going to pull them into salvation. I don't have that power. So I just give him the gospel message. I walk it. I bring it before man's justice. I don't know what man's justice will determine, but I will acquiesce to the decision of man's justice. I know God will sort it out in his, in his time. What about their constitutional responsibilities, though, as Pastor Whitney brought up? When you cite the Constitution, both the state and the federal uh, Constitution, that, as he said, they take an oath on that. They are accountable. They're responsible. What? But the only way, the only way we can hold them accountable is in the way that I am doing it. I, let me let me rephrase that. There are other ways to do it, such as through the magisterial district and doing notices. But at the end of the day, the resolution is going to be resolved in federal court. And whether you're suing the school district in their official capacity, that's one path. I'm suing them because they violated me personally. And that's where the Constitution is enforced in that Article Three court. If they are found to have violating their oath, they will never hold an elected position again. They will re be permanently removed from holding public office. 
So Ryan, I, I want to send. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, a guest we had on recently was commenting on uh, what you often find when you, as a Christian, are standing for the truth and doing what is right. That the first uh, volley of fire against you or, or negative response is going to come from within the Christian community, which is really sad. Uh, but that's been his experience. And you, I think we mentioned earlier about courage, boldness versus cowardice. And uh, I, I think, too, in terms of uh, cowardice versus faith, the two cannot coexist. If you believe God, if you're trusting what he says in his word, then you'll have boldness. God will give that to you as you are trusting him and believing what he said. And I hear a lot of faith in what you're stating, brother. You are seeking to honor God in everything you're doing. You're trying to follow all the steps correctly. And you're saying, I'm entrusting the end to God. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, I'm laughing only because I, yeah, I can imagine what they were thinking when you're in essence saying, you can do whatever you want to to me, but I'm not going to stop. I'm going to proclaim the truth. And you put it in their court to arrest you. They didn't know what to do with that, yeah. which is not surprising. They then you know what that can happen. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And if they and you can imagine, I think, the wheels turning in their head. I can't judge their their mind. I don't know what they're thinking, but it's like, well, what what do we do about this? How do we, we've been told what to do about other things, but how do we handle this thing? What what will this do to us? How will this impact us if we actually do what he's saying we can go right ahead and do? Uh, I think it's um you know, the Lord is using you, and the, and just to encourage you, here, you're being encouraged in what you're doing. We're not firing at you for what you're doing. We're actually praising you that you're doing these steps, attempting to honor God and to restore uh, righteousness and the law and the law of liberty in our nation. So I got goosebumps from hearing the sincerity of your word, because I am really needing the coverage of prayer hmm. from people like yourself in the pastoral community. Um, the, the seeker sensitive, attractional hmm. felt needs congregations that contaminate our country. Hmm. The pastors have shirked their responsibility. They're preaching a false gospel. And there's hmm. very few pastors that are willing to stand on the authority of scripture and I'm going to I'm going to say something which is going to sound a little controversial. But the United States flag belo belongs on the outside of the property of the church, hmm. not in the sanctuary. Hmm. The sanctuary is God's holy tent of meeting and that the state belongs outside on the curb. And there's few pastors that I can say that to. And I don't say that in judgment. I just want to understand who is the supreme authority. It's not the state, and it is God. And I appreciate your words. I would want to be praying for the pastors that are leading many people to call them up to honor the most righteous king and acknowledge their consenting and submitting and surrendering to the state in fear. The, the government is—go oh, ahead, Kim. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, pardon me. I just was interested in Pastor Whitney chiming in and, and uh, suggesting ways that uh, um, people can support him. You know, you know what, what can we do to show that he's honoring the Constitution? He's obviously honoring God. Besides praying for him, 
Pastor Whitney, what else would you suggest? Well, I think his story needs to be spread far and wide all over the country, even though obviously it's, it's in Pennsylvania that this has taken place. But people need to hear this. And alongside of this, people need to know that the best thing that parents can do is take their children out of the public indoctrination system. And that message ought to go. I would link that message with, with Ryan's story uh, all over the country. Parents need to rise up and say, enough. We're finished with Satan's indoctrination center. We're not sending our children on the yellow bus to hell, because that's what that mm -hmm. is, the yellow bus to hell. So we need a, a rise up of parents who will, will hear this story and pull their children out. One other thing, just to, to put an exclamation point behind that. Every parent that makes the decision to put their child in public school, I'm sure there's many, many justifiable, rationalized reasons to do that. But consider when you're putting your kid in public school to be like Facebook and you click the terms of service of I agree to Facebook. But you go to the school board meeting or you write your complaints to Facebook about their censorship and the stuff that they put on their platform. And Facebook looks back at you and says, listen, you signed. I agree. It's our platform. We're going to do what we want. If you don't like what's going on in our platform, go make your own or go find another platform. When you sign your contract to the kids in school, you're signing away in loco parentis. You have given over parental authority to the school that they're going to teach them what they want to teach them. And you you surrendered the Constitution and agreed to their policies. So my my word to those parents that have signed that contract, don't go to your school board meetings and do your three minute speeches. Stop complaining to the terms of service that you already agreed to, because that's a fool's errand. And look about how do you revoke that contract or take your kids out or just be quiet and accept the product that the school is going to produce with your child. Hmm. Ryan, where can people go online? Where can they read your case? The, what you have filed, so, you talked about people reading through it. Where can they go and find information on what we've been talking about? So um, the way I, I identify is the cultural contrarian. Cultural contrarian. I am counter to the culture. I'm a neurodivergent, so I'm not of this world. I'm mm -hmm. in it. So I'm counter to it. So culturalcontrarian.org. And I run what's called a private membership association. So if you go to that website, you can fill out your email address. I'll give you a free ebook, and then I will start giving you access to reading the elements of the case and make you a little bit more familiar with why I have a private membership association. The things I talk about are very important for us to know. But it requires a degree of privacy because I'm I'm trying to keep people safe. I don't want people to attempt to do what I do. Do not attempt to stand in the face of the government because they will hurt you. Cultural contrarian. That's C U L T U R A L C O N T R A R I A N. Correct, Ryan. Yes. Culturalcontrarian.org. Guys, any remaining thoughts before we conclude tonight? Well, I hope your message, Ryan, spreads to the country far and wide and people recognize the evil that these public indoctrination centers actually represent. Uh, because this is the wake-up call for American uh, parents, that they realize these children and what they're being, what's being done to these children is 
absolutely destructive to their soul and obviously to their body as uh, you know California now uh, wants to pull parents uh, away from their children if their children uh, want to change their gender and the parents don't want it now the, the state wants to kidnap those children and put them in a in a house that's going to change their gender so we're we're up against a, a spiritual battle of evil forces beyond compare what, what it is the school of Baal and Nimrod <laughs> well said well said Ryan Miller, also known as John Ryan Miller, thank you so much for coming on Face the Culture tonight, folks. It's culturalcontrarian.org. Check him out. Brother, it's been a blessing to talk with you tonight. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you all so much. Have a blessed night. You as well. Thank you, John. Folks, thanks for listening tonight to Face the Culture. We trust this hour has been helpful to you and challenging and encouraging as we have uh, discussed issues that are so critical in our nation today. May we take these things and act upon them and do what each of us can do to advance the cause of liberty, most of all the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get the word out that people can be saved through him. Thanks again for listening tonight, folks. We love you, God bless you, and we'll see you back here tomorrow night on Face the Culture. 